a moment or two to the angry young man With his foot in his mouth and his heart in his hand He's been stabbing the back, he's been misunderstood It's a comfort to know his intentions are good And he sits in a room with a lock on the door With his knives and his medals laid out on the floor And he likes to be known as the angry young man Man, it feels so good to give back to the community Zach, I'm, I'm glad that we are men of integrity I really think that's what sets this show apart, for sure. If there's one thing that people know about me, it's that I am honest. There is nothing that makes my day better than doing a good deed. I don't know how about you. I don't know how you feel about that, but you're a good person. I really person. think uh, – we're going to clue in our listeners in a moment, but let me tell you, the what we've done since this last show, the, the philanthropy that this show has inspired in us – it's truly groundbreaking and world changing. I think people are really gonna uh, be pretty pretty impressed when they hear uh, what exactly is going on with this show. I know that a lot of people have reached out to me, and a lot of people have said your show has changed my life. And I want to tell those people, on the contrary, it's you that have changed mine. And I just I'm so blessed to be here today. I feel so mm. overwhelmed by mm. love and grace. I'd, I'd call myself humbled uh, I by, would, by the outreach. I would go so far to say that I am humbled. I deserve a Nobel Peace Prize, and so do you. Let's give two this year. Let's, let's yeah, I you know, I think it, it's pretty, I, I, my understanding is that uh, the podcasts like this are really what's making peace possible um, in a lot of war-torn areas. Uh, not all bad is what really makes them see uh, these wars in a new light, I think. Uh, it's really... Plenty of soldiers have reached out to me. I don't know about you. Um, a lot. Yeah, for me personally asked, as well. Asked me to be there at their um, at their coming home surprise videos. It's been a little bit awkward a couple of the times because I keep on taking the spotlight. They're like, oh, that's, that's the guy from Not All Bad. Um, yeah, God, that but, happens to me sometimes too, but... Hey, you know, sometimes, uh, well, it's always better to give than receive, but sometimes you have to receive a little, and that's only fair. That's life. Yeah, ex- exactly. If you <clears throat> recall from a few episodes ago, we made a promise to the public that should somebody, anybody, it could be anybody, reviewed our podcast on iTunes, not rated, although a lot of you did rate and we appreciate that, but reviewed, left a review on iTunes, then we would go ahead and and not be hypocritical and do the same for a podcast of our choice. And I am Mm. so proud to stand before you today and say that Paul and I have not only received more than one review on iTunes, but we have also left a review of our own, just like we promised. Oh, yes. Yeah. We we stood by our promises. and, And, you know, small actions like these are really what leads to big changes in this world. And, and we left those reviews. And um, I mean, I, I don't know how big of a podcast yours was, but you know, it may make just, it may uh, switch the tides, move the tides. I don't know how tides work, but it may move <laughs> the tides to them getting more listeners as well. And it's just, it's all about spreading the love, man. It, it really is. I will say that um, most of the podcasts that I listen to, are already world famous and world renowned. So 
basically I was a drop in the bucket despite how many <laughs> how many veterans have reached out to us um, my endorsement was meaningless I did reach out to what I felt was the smallest or one of the smallest of the podcasts I listened to just because mm-hmm. I am so generous um, and yeah, by small I mean we have about nine ratings right now including uh, two for me and Paul this podcast had about 600 but hey baby steps baby steps <laughs> Uh, I reviewed Friendly Fire. It's a, I'm not going to, I don't intend to spend a long time on this, but just a quick overview, uh, just to to prove that I did it. Uh, Friendly Fire is a podcast where they watch war movies and then talk about said movies and said wars. Um, I love it. It's got history. It's got comedy. It's got that classic pretentiousness that you expect out of, podcasts host it's got it all of a good <laughs> podcast and uh i really enjoy listening to it so that was what i reviewed hmm you know i i selected which to review based exclusively on which would be most fun to tell you guys about and not based on who needed the review that is seriously uh, <laughs> thinking of our audience is just so generous <laughs> <laughs> that's it's it wasn't selfish that i uh didn't want to be judged for which podcast i chose it was generous that i wanted uh to think of you guys and what would entertain you uh and also a very different type of podcast than what you were just talking about because your sounds actually interesting and informative don't don't get me wrong there are a just time and time again just dick jokes and toilet humor so it's really flops back and forth so it's not like it's some sort of oh i i trust minded. that i just <laughs> In terms of dick jokes and literal potty humor, uh, this one might take the cake. I reviewed a podcast called Your Mom's House. Oh, I'm familiar. Um, <laughs> are you? It's uh, with Tom Segura, Tom Segura yeah. and his wife, Christina Pajitsky. And um, it's a fantastic podcast. They're both uh, professional comedians uh, married, and they frequently interview like other professional comedians. And they... Just some of the <laughs> absolutely inappropriate jokes. Uh, just a fun highlight. They recently added something called a fart mic to the show. Nice. Where we got to get one of those. If they or any of their uh, guests have to uh, fart, they have a microphone uh, like de- designed for someone to grab and put in their crotch area so that the audience can hear the farts. They're always putting the audience first. And so as part of their audience, I wanted to put them first for once and leave uh a review that again will just be a drop in the bucket. Uh, they probably don't need more attention. A uh, topic of their show is how uh, Tom is thinking about buying a forty thousand dollar gold chain. Whoa. Uh, and so I, I don't think that they're um, <laughs> in need of my <laughs> reviewer bigger audience, but I decided to give it to them nonetheless. That's actually, in all seriousness, a very funny podcast. If you're a fan of either those comedians or comedy in general, it's pretty fantastic. Or farts. Or farts. The, yes. the gold chain that I purchased with the proceeds from this show is only $3,000. So we're looking like oh, a yeah. bunch of assholes over here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I don't want to spend any more time giving publicity to other shows, Paul. Oh, get that out of here. But Might, might as well just cut this all out. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> I say, I'm kidding. Don't. This was a fun intro. It's got the, <laughs> it's got the Paul stamp of approval. That means it's good. It's all that matters. I'm going to give a special shout out to ABH738. I happen to know this person and they reached out to me offended that DiGiorno Boy 69 got all the attention. 
about leaving a review last time because ABH was pretty hot on his coattails in terms of leaving a review. Also a very funny review that I just, please don't go read. It is funnier than the show. So got to say, DiGiorno boy, you got some competition. Mm. Yeah, and <laughs> maybe also don't read it because it may uh, outline for you why this show. Uh, you know what? I'm not even going to tell you what it says. Not worth your time to read it uh, because I want you to keep you all to keep loving this show and not uh, see it for what it is. <laughs> thank you for thank you for leaving that review. <laughs> thank you for leaving that review. Abh seven thirty eight, um, also known as Adam, his Christian name. He sent an email with some random rant ideas, which I've noticed I have not gotten an inbox, uh, a letter in my inbox from DiGiornoBoy69 in that regard. So looks like Adam's mm. a little bit ahead of the pack. Also, neither of them follow at Not All Bad Show on Twitter. So there's an easy way for one of you guys to get a leg up, I guess. It, it, I'm really blown this competition out of proportion because <laughs> it's all I've got. You two are the only ones we have. But really, though, thanks for reaching out. Thanks for the review. I, I uh, promised Adam I would give him a shout-out in this episode, too. If you leave another review and you want a shout-out, I'm going to say right now I probably won't do it. But I will tell you to your face that I will just so you'll leave that review. And, hey, who knows? If it's a great review, maybe we'll give it a shout-out. But I think people are getting really sick of hearing me talk about other people talk about our podcast. Hmm. I know I'm getting pretty sick of this podcast. Yeah, it, it <laughs> sucks. And speaking of uh, things that suck, welcome to episode 12 of Not All Bad, and I'm your host, Zach Andrews. And this is Paul Messman. Not All Bad is, is basically my own personal ego trip. Uh, it's where I beg my friends to listen to me yell more than they already have to. And Paul's presence here just kind of makes it a little more acceptable. I was about to say, I think that you really only brought me on, not because I add to it, but so that it wouldn't appear to be quite as much of a come listen to me yell, but now you can make people come listen to you yell, but if they dislike it, you can just pass the blame on to me. Not only has Adam revealed the true nature of our podcast in the reviews, but Paul has just revealed the true nature of his role on this podcast live on the show. <laughs> So that's super cool, and, and we've all been exposed. <laughs> I think it would be wonderful if right now you went on to SoundCloud and you liked this track and or you went and left a rating review on iTunes. Please do that. Also, go follow us on Twitter. That's, again, at NotAllBadShow. That's enough of the promotion. That's enough of an intro. It is time to get into the rant to the sorry, not the random rants. That's for later. But we will get into the prepared rants right now. And I do remember that you started first last time, Paul. So I will take it from here. Sounds about right. I'm going to do something a little bit unprecedented. I hope you're okay with that. Oh, I, I've I'm not prepared, but I will roll with the punches here. That's about the theme for this entire show. So. <laughs> I have I'm gonna I have two two rants uh, that I want to talk about in the negative space, just two short ones instead of one long one. I hope that I can time this right. If not, I'll just cut it all out because I know it's not going to be great anyway. But 
first of all, if you recall, God, what episode was it? I can't remember. I think it was, I think it was actually uh, 11, the last episode. I mentioned that my car has hail damage because uh, just like one hell of a hailstorm came through a couple weeks ago. Do you remember that? I do. I was fortunate enough to not experience it, but I was aware of it, and I saw some uh, pictures of lots of angry people across the internet. Yeah, I'm really, really thankful that my windows were okay, mm-hmm. but a lot of other stuff got busted on my car, which is not ideal, I will say. Um, uh, my windshield wipers got broken, and then my car is just dented to shit. It looks terrible. So I, oh, man. Fi- yeah, it's really bad. So I filed an insurance claim as one should. Yeah. As one should, but insurance is just a huge bullshit scam, right? It's all it is. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, I, I could talk about that for a long time and I, and, and indirectly I kind of have, but yes, I agree. It's a scam. Yeah, exactly. Which is why this is going to be a short one today. Cause we've already touched on it a little bit, but this is very near and dear to me. And I was on my way home from work today, just fuming about it to myself and i thought this would be a great topic to talk on the show because i really am legitimately unbridledly angry at this i assault on my freedom basically Mm. so uh, i got word earlier this week that my car is totaled essentially the cost of the repair of the hail damage is more than the value of my car which um is is my car is not a junker, so that just gives you an idea of the amount of hail damage I'm looking at here. Yeah. So I'm lucky in that my insurance rates are not going to go up because I filed a claim for this in particular. But other companies will jack your rates up for hail damage. I mean, hail is an act of God. It's not like I ran into somebody on the road, right? There's nothing yeah. I can do to control hail. I live in an apartment complex. There's no covered parking that I have access to. So what kind of backwards-ass system is it where I'm using my insurance for once? How often do I use my insurance? Practically <clears throat> never. But I get hit by a hailstorm, an act of God, one time, and I decide to use my insurance, and they're going to raise my rates. It's like, hey, thanks for thinking of us. You owe us $50 more a month now. <laughs> It's insane. It makes no sense. It's being punished for using the service that I'm required to have by law. (laughs) You know, it's funny. I feel like, and this extends beyond car insurance, I'm sure that there is some math that adds up, but there is always something infuriating to me about the idea that you're paying a lot every month, and then... Especially with like medical insurance, there'll be, and this is actually also common car insurance, there'll be like a deductible where it's like, we're not even going to cover most things until you pay like several thousand dollars. It's like, how often is someone going above like $3,000 in a year? It's like, why, what am I paying for if I'm having to pay this much or get, or face an increase every time I use a system? Like, if you're not covered, like, if I've paid thousands of dollars over the years of not using it, and suddenly I use it once and you increase the price, shouldn't that use just be covered by, isn't the whole point that you're paying ahead of time so that once it happens, they can like t- kind of indirectly be just taking from the funds that you've been filling their pockets with for years? <laughs> it's it, it makes no sense. It's like, I mean, I'm sure, 
I'm sure it makes sense, but it on the surface, I don't want it to make sense because it makes me mad. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like if Netflix was like, hmm, it looks like you've been watching a lot of The O.C. lately. How about we uh, bump that up to 20 bucks a month, huh, asshole? Huh? <laughs> oh, you're really liking those Trolls movies, huh? How about 20 bucks a month, asshole? <laughs> anyway, that's a, that's a minor point that I've got. Well, it's a major point of my argument against insurance, but... I am doubly annoyed because, and, and this is pretty much the summer. I'm, I'm almost done at this point about this first of two, but I was supposed to get my car back today. This isn't even relevant. Like, who cares? It's not insurance. It's it's a very me specific problem. I just wanted to complain about it to somebody. I was told that I could retrieve my car today because I decided that it, because my car's totaled, I want to keep the car rather than sell it to the insurance company. I, I, I want to, I'll just drive the ugly ass damaged car for a while and then save up some money to get a new one later. I'm not ready to, let me put it to you like this. Buying a new car sounds like the worst experience anyone could ever go through. I would rather lose a loved one <laughs> than have to buy a new car right now. So... I'm, I'm just getting my car back. I'll deal with the hail damage myself. I'll just drive around this hunk of shit. But at least I can have my old car. I like my car. Um, I, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to sell it to the insurance company. So I was supposed to go after work today and pick up my car. I was so excited. They, they stuck me in a minivan for my rental car. <laughs> How shameful. I went to the dry cleaners the other day and the woman working the drive through window was trying to get into my back seat to get the clothes that I was going to drop off and she couldn't open it because it was locked and I was like fiddling around trying to unlock my door <laughs> as if I've never used this car before which by the way I haven't because it's a rental car and it's got those automatic minivan doors that you just press a button and it opens automatically who the hell needs that okay I'm sure if I've got a kid in the back who needs to open the door and get out, either they're old enough to do it themselves or they're young enough to where I don't want them being able to do it at the press of a button. I don't need these automatic doors, all right? Especially as a single man with no kids. <laughs> Whoa, that, I mean, again, it's not really what this is about. But I was supposed to go pick up my car today after work. And I get there and they close at 6. I left work at 5.15. I got there at like 5.55 or something. All I needed to do was just go and grab my keys and leave, right? That's something you can do in five minutes. I wasn't holding them on up. And then the guy's like, oh, sorry, I thought you were going to get it tomorrow, even though about two hours ago I said I was going to get it today. So now I'm stuck with this minivan for another 24 hours, like some kind of asshole. <laughs> so that's what I've been fuming about lately. Uh, I would like to – well, I, one more thing, which is going to lead as a, a transition into my next topic. I was given the car, the rental car, with almost no gas left in the tank. Which, first of all, hey, I'm going to say it. Fuck you, Enterprise. <laughs> That's right. Um, so I was given the car with almost no gas in the tank. So I already had to fill it up a little bit. I didn't fill it up all the way because what a waste of money. Uh, I'm going to have to give it back at some point. So I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, I've timed it perfectly, okay? I was supposed to return the rental car today. I'm going to pull up to Enterprise, and it's going to have like 12 miles worth of gasoline left in the tank. This <laughs> thing is below E at this point. But then I roll up, and the guy tells me, oh, sorry, uh, you, how about you come back tomorrow? So now I have to roll my ass to the gas station and fill it up like some kind of chump with my own money. 
Speaking of gas stations, part number two, and I'll keep this one especially quick because I've used a lot of time already. Have you been to a gas station where they display like a television show on the screen while you're pumping gas? Oh, yes, I have. What kind of wicked shit is that? You used to be able to turn them off. As soon as I roll up to a gas station with one of these, I will press every single button around the screen. And used to, the one of those, any one of them, would mute the screen. Now, none of them do. Now you have to listen to some shitty 26-year-old tell you about the latest trends. And by latest, I mean stuff that was viral on Twitter a week ago. <laughs> it's like It's like the chive, but for gas stations. It's insulting. That sounds miserable. Yeah. So it's basically just – I've talked about this before. It's basically just Snapchat ad bullshit, but on your gas pump, you're a captive audience. <laughs> I don't understand what kind of America's Funniest Home Videos ass executive thought this was a great idea. But I will tell you right now to all the ExxonMobil executives listening to this show – I mark down which gas stations have this feature on their pumps, and then I do not go to them ever again. <laughs> don't pull this shit with me. I will pay 50 cents more a gallon if I don't have to listen to this shit. You know what's funny about those to me is I can never figure out if they think they're doing a service for me or if I am doing a service for them by watching it. As in, like, is this something that they are paying money thinking that they're giving me entertainment while I pump? Or is this something where it's someone's paying them to let them put the show on as almost like an ad for you to like watch, like fi like find this show wherever the heck else it airs? Like I I've never been able to figure that out because it's <laughs> especially because for me, it's like, so I don't feel quite as fired up in annoyance. If anything, a, a part of the annoyance for me is that, they, it almost feels like this long form discussion sometimes of a topic. And it's like, I'm only ever hearing half of it while I'm there. It's like, why even show this to me if in the process of me pumping and in the process of me pushing all these buttons, it's interrupting it constantly. And it's, it's like, it just never, it's just more noise and not anything actually interesting or productive. Even if it was interesting, you're not able to hear all of it. It's like, hey, uh, thanks for using our service. How about here's a 30-minute long commercial? I mean, like, it's, it's all advertisement. It's To answer your question, it's these companies pay the – I'm assuming. I don't know for a fact. I'm assuming these companies pay the gas stations or whatever to have their information displayed, and they get advertisers to pay them and in the hopes that you will see an advertisement and then buy the product, and it comes full circle. Mm-hmm. It sounds right, but it, you're right. That's very annoying. I am right. It is very annoying. <laughs> and I'm sitting here. I'm, I'm like red in the face. It's not often that, you know, I get on here. I have fun. I like to talk. You know, I like to hear myself speak. I am fucking mad right now. Both of these things just got me so riled up. I can tell. So just go. Just do your thing and get me out of this topic. Okay, so uh, this topic is almost kind of complicated because I'm both, I'm mad at both sides of this issue, which is when some sort of entertainment gets popular 
people start disliking it because it's popular. Oh, so whether uh, that be <laughs> this was one musicians. of the original ideas I was going to rant about on like episode two. I'm really I'm really excited to dive into this one because both sides of this are awful. So there's whether you're talking about a TV show or movies or music like you name it. There are people who take insane pride out of being there before it was popular, which I kind of get because it's kind of like, oh, like you saw the quality in this before people told you it was quality. Like, I guess that's cool. But then, like, there's a certain level of once things get popular, a lot of people either, like, start hating on it or they, like... If they were there from the beginning, they get annoyed that it's popular because they think that that affects the quality and, like, style of what it was. So, like, honestly, a fantastic example of this. Say, wait, hang <laughs> on, hang on. I'm going to I'm gonna count down three, two, one, and I want you and I to simultaneously say what we think the best example of this phenomenon is. Can you do that? I think, yeah. Three, two, one. The Office. The office. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I knew that you knew where I was going oh, with that. Oh, shit. So The Office, I would argue, I think independent of its popularity, it's a fantastic show. I think it was groundbreaking for the genre of television comedy shows. I agree. I think it's I think it is quality. So here and and I also think it definitely was not always popular because and I know some of this because I actually do like The Office a lot. Um Yeah, I agree. So far on board. <laughs> is that like they almost canceled after the first season because it wasn't popular enough, and then like like basically through some obscure statistics, like, hey, people are like and this is kind of a throwback. People were buying episodes on iTunes. Like, there is an audience for this. And so they kept it going. And it eventually blew up and became something very popular. Especially, I really think... What's kind of interesting about the history of both the, the show The Office and of Netflix is that I feel like The Office is one of the first really good shows that had its entirety on Netflix. And a lot of people who had never watched it on TV were introduced to it on Netflix and could just binge the entire thing and loved it. And I think that was big yeah, for Netflix too. Totally irrelevant. Cause that, I think breaking bad is the same way. Yeah. It's kind of like that was back when Netflix didn't just have a bunch of good stuff on it. Like that. I don't know, like the early, either early 2010s or maybe even before 2010, regardless, it's a great show. It blew up. And now the complicated thing is, you have people who base their entire personality on liking The Office, and that is genuinely annoying. Yeah, totally. But then you have people who, like, in an edgy way, act like it's terrible and act like anyone who likes it is just, like, like sheep who will just like whatever is popular. It's like <laughs> right. they're both so annoying on both sides. Oh, God, I love this. I've all, I li- I've literally as soon as I made the show episode one like forever ago. I have always wanted to talk about this exact thing <laughs> because like here's the thing. I really think it's a great show, but I and here's here's the thing. This is where it's almost hypocritical of me because there's part of me that is like, hey, my friend was showing me episodes of this 
like back before I was in high school, like a, like several years ago, like was showing me episodes that he had bought on iTunes and was like, they were like se- episodes from season one being like, look how funny this was. It was funny. Like no one knew about that show. It was something really special. And so there's part of me that sees all these people posting memes and all these different scenes. And there's part of me that hypocritically is like, oh, it's so cringy how everyone likes it. Like, it's dumb that it's pop- like, popular the way it is. Like, BuzzFeed has a million quizzes about it. People <laughs> use it, like, yeah. gifs of it as reactions constantly <laughs> to where it's just like, it has become really cringy. And so I kind of understand the backlash at it because it's like, liking The Office is not a personality. I, But at the same time, I do like it. And so it's like, I think it's worthwhile, like, I think liking it should indicate good taste but then at the same time everyone likes it and so it's like what does that actually mean if you like it i mean this is honestly a complicated thing because so there was a point like several months ago where i was on a couple online dating services um and (laughs) by that i mean (laughs) farmers only and uh black black people meet (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) And I was on both of them. Christian Mingle. Uh, <laughs> any of them that aren't mainstream and sound weird, I was on them. Uh, and here's the thing. You would look at people's profiles, and there was two profiles that made me equally cringe. There was the people that their entire profile was just quotes from The Office. Because it was a thing that was like, uh, I relate to you, but also it makes me cringe that that's all you're putting on here. And on the other side of things, there were people that were like, if you like the office or like have the office in your profile, like I swipe will left. Like I don't you. Like you're the worst. It's yeah. like neither of you are right. I mean, there's a certain innocence that maybe if you like it, like you just, you know, I want to believe that there are people who just don't see the internet hating on things. And maybe they just innocently like things and don't realize that people would like fight them about that. <laughs> and so maybe I, I, I try to assume the best about that, but both people can be equally annoying because it is not a personality to like the office, but also it is not a personality to hate things that are popular. I, yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. I, I just let people like what they like, man. Chill out. Who cares? I mean, all kinds of shit in this world sucks, but I, I'm not like I complain about it, but I don't complain about the people who like it. <laughs> Typically, yeah. I mean, it's very similar to the Vine argument from episode ten, right? Like, yeah, so the kind of person that 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 walks up and has something a free shavaka for every single moment. They've got a Vine quote. It's the same kind of people that walk up and say, oh, that's like uh, Michael in the office when he wore the fat suit. (laughs) I don't care when Michael wore the fat suit. Don't talk about that unless we're watching the office. It's the same kind of thing, right? Like, I'm really happy for you that you like a thing, but you need to find other things to like. Or on the other hand, I'm really happy for you that you think you're above uh, these other people plebeians that like something that you don't but it's okay for other people to like things that you don't not everyone has to like what you like yes and and so that we've we focus this on just the office but it really does apply to like i mean with music i just there are people who like want to specifically tell you about the really obscure bands they like and don't get me wrong like it's great that you like obscure bands but then they'll like throw shade at people who who are slightly more popular it's like 
honestly, some of the popular music is good. Like that's they're not mutually exclusive. Um, Things don't get popular because they're bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and with movies, I mean, I can even think of like so. I generally like a lot of the Christopher Nolan movies, like The Dark Knight, like Interstellar. Like I like a lot of them. Right. But there's a lot of, and and it, he. His movies are interesting because he both tries to make them in a way that's kind of artistic, like not just mainstream, but he also is mainstream enough that a lot of people watch his movies. But then it's like, like the, a lot of his movies, people will be like, will, will dislike them because they're popular movies. But it's like, honestly, like this can still stand up as a great movie just because it's popular. Um, yeah. I, I, I even specifically remember... I had a, I took an intro to film analysis class in college and I had a professor who, um, she, we, we had some movies that we were supposed to watch for the class. And so we would have class discussions and people would bring up certain movies. And I promise you any movie that someone brought up that you've probably heard of, she would kind of just like smugly be like, Oh, I haven't seen that. I don't really like watch movies that go to theaters. I only and watch just, French noir films. It annoyed the crap out of me because I was like, I was like, I get it. Like, it's one thing to like movies that are like, like unknown enough that they can't find an audience at a movie theater. But also like, there's also great movies that go to theaters and have an audience. Like she like just smugly was like, oh, like I don't really see many popular movies. Like she, she would act like she hadn't even heard of really popular movies. It's like, what are, what are you talking about? Like how ridiculous it's, it was just absurd. (laughs) <laughs> Another possibly too extreme example of this is is like Nickelback. Mm, yes, like I'm not a Nickelback apologist. I don't listen to Nickelback, but it's just Nickelback, man. What what have they done to you? Why do you hate them so much? I know this is a very outdated joke. People don't really talk about Nickelback or make fun of them anymore. This is like circa 2008 conversation we're having here, but similar perspective maybe from more a more extreme case but i just i i just i don't get it i've always felt like just back the hell off of what i i think what a lot of people do is is they say these things like they hate nickelback or they hate the office or whatever not only because it's what they believe deep down but also because they think it's funny i guess they're just going along with the crowd Mm -hmm. It's just as boring and lame for you to hate something that other people like just because other people like it. This Mm -hmm. is giving me flashbacks of pretty much everything I've talked about on the show. (laughs) But I don't ever cite a lot of people liking it as a reason for hating something, and you shouldn't. You know? Maybe you don't like The Office, I get that. But... There are people who will straight up say The Office is not funny at all, and there is no reason why people should like it. Well, it's it's a hugely popular show, so there's at least some reason. I've always felt that having a good sense of humor doesn't mean that you think something is funny. It just means that you understand what's a joke and what's not, right? So just sitting back, it's so easy for people who hate the office or hate people who like the office to sit back and say that show is not funny. You should not find it funny. 
rather than just analyzing why they don't find it funny. Maybe you just don't like the type of humor or it doesn't agree with you or you feel that the type of humor that they use in that show is cheap or what any number of legitimate reasons I could totally vibe with. But you just sitting back and saying you don't like it is just as bad as you sitting back and saying you like it and your only defense is, well, it's popular, which I know is, <laughs> is not exactly a new concept, but... <clears throat> mm-hmm. And and the thing is, I really do have to catch myself on it too because I have strong feelings about like you shouldn't dislike things because they're popular, be mad at people for liking popular things. But I catch myself with like certain TV shows, like there are certain types of comedy shows that I that just don't match what I find is funny. Um, I'll mention an example, not in an attempt to hate on it, but to kind of prove a point. The Big Bang Theory. I was lit- I was going to ask you to do a <laughs> countdown because I was about to say Big Bang Theory. <laughs> because that is an example of a show where, you know, when I was younger, one of my friends in either middle school or high school showed me the show. And I thought it was kind of funny. I, grew- I got older and I started finding other shows I thought were funnier. And <laughs> because that show's so popular, it's been going on for a lot of years. Right. And now I really don't find it that funny. But the thing is, there's part of me that wants to be, like, to bash on people for liking a show like that with, like, a laugh track and, like, talk about how all the jokes are just about, like, oh, it sounds nerdy and he's dismissive of people, so you just think it's funny. But I catch myself because it's it's people – it's really popular, so it's an easy target, and a lot of people like it. And so there's part of me that, like, is hypocritical in the sense that I, like, want to – like bash on people for liking the show but i have to catch myself because frankly like for one different people do have different senses of humor so i get that some people would find that funnier than other people and for another thing especially since i've started working on especially like long days there's something to be said for it's nice to like watch something that doesn't require you to think a lot like i've actually found that like brain power like like there is something nice about something that's funny but doesn't require you to pay really close attention and yeah. i've actually like come around to being like you know what like i still generally prefer to watch things that like make me have to pay close attention for it to be funny but at the same time like i don't begrudge people who work really long hours and then want to come home and watch something that's just easy to watch like it's i have to catch myself in that as well i'll leave it with this as an example my gripes against the Big Bang Theory are entirely directed at the creators of Big Bang Theory and the style and the format and the humor of Big Bang Theory. But I'm not sitting back and just lampooning the shit out of the people who watch it. It's the yeah. people who make it that are at fault. I don't have I mean, you don't have to like anything. You can be against everything as we've shown here, but you got to be attacking things from the right perspective, you know. So I'll just I don't mean to get pretentiously, unnecessarily way up my own asshole philosophical, but <laughs> that's where I'm coming from. Yeah, that makes sense. I think uh, I'm just going to roll the dice here, see what we get. The number is three. I think we've actually done three before. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't pay attention to that part. I'm not, I'm going to be honest. I let you handle it. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Uh, we have done three, so <clears throat> we are going to go into this is a good one actually. With uh, I rolled the dice again and I got number four. 
before I say the topic, I want to say real quick, uh, thank you to those of you who have submitted random rant ideas. There is now more than one person who has done so, which is fantastic. You yourself can do so by sending an email to not all be- uh, oops guys, I really goofed it big time this time. I said the wrong email. The email is not all bad show at gmail.com. Don't forget the show. Make sure to include random rant idea as the subject line and nothing else. And then put your random rant idea in the body so that we don't accidentally read it. If you have sent me those, uh, they're not on the list I have now. I've got a list of 10 right now that we're working through. Uh, I'd like to change the method in which we have the list so that it can be updated live and so that each submission you make will be added to the list live. And so automatically you can reasonably expect your random rant idea to be read on the show. At this point, that's not the case. So if you sent one in, I have not added it. I'm not adding them to the list, but they have not been added to the list yet. So chill out. I promise you that I recognize you've sent an email and I appreciate it. And you're going to get your random rant idea read on the show at some point. So just bear with us. That brings us to, like I said before, number four, which is, I'm going to say probably one of the better ones we've ever gotten on the show in terms of random rants. That's uh, stick shift automobiles. Ooh, you got a new car recently. I'm assuming it's an automatic transmission. It is an automatic. Mine is as well. However, the car I drove before that from like junior year of high school through my first year out of college was stick shift standard transmission automobile. Nice. Okay. I, I have never myself owned a manual transmission. Mm-hmm. I do. I have been taught before, thanks to Maddie's mom, but I, I would not say that I was skilled at it by any means. I've only done it for probably a grand total of 15 minutes, but I have done it. Mm-hmm. So I will. So at this point, I will acknowledge it is kind of an outdated technology, but I personally think of it as a very fun and worthwhile technology nonetheless. And so for people that don't know the way that your car like um can efficiently use gas is that when you're going lower speeds it the engine turns a certain speed like like has a certain amount of like rotations per minute that um are in the thousands and um they ramp up as you speed up but then as you get to a higher speed instead of continuously um like pushing up the rotations per minute it'll shift to a gear that um, think of like a bicycle. Like there's those gears that are like really hard to pedal, but once you get to higher speeds, instead of pedaling really quickly, you can pedal, pedal slower and have more efficient, efficient pedals. It's like that with a car. Um, I, I do. I, uh, I didn't want to interrupt. I do know how that works. Yeah. I was more saying that for the audience, just in case there's anyone out there who like doesn't know. And so the automatic. Oh, okay. Car- I, well, now I feel like a huge asshole. <laughs> No, you're fine. I just, in case anyone didn't know, it's actually really interesting how that works. And so for a long time, cars naturally, like you had to do that yourself. And then eventually they developed something called automatic transmission to where the car could automatically, when you need to go faster, it could go to a lower gear. When you need to um, have more efficiency, it could go to a higher gear. Um, And so 
Um, when did this become NPR? I'm loving it. <laughs> I just wanted to set the scene because this is something that I am really interested in like a lot. We and really so for, struck gold with this topic here. <laughs> we did. And so what's kind of interesting about cars is for a while they, they came out with automatic transmission. And the great thing about it was that it made cars easier to drive. The unfortunate thing for a while is that it was still more efficient to drive standard like stick shift. Um uh, because it, for a long time, you would know better than the car which gear you should be in. That mm-hmm. is no longer true to my understanding. Because as I was looking at new cars, um, I like I, I personally liked driving stick shift enough that I like was considering getting my model of car in a stick variety. And they come like, cheap, like, cheaper. They they are a little bit cheaper. Like you might save like somewhere between five hundred and a thousand bucks by getting a standard instead of an automatic. Um, but in talking to like a car salesman and in talk in looking up stuff online, I kind of discovered that like automatic transmission has gotten efficient enough that really the only thing left, like reason left to get something stick shift is that it's like the novelty. And, and if you like it, and it's, it's no longer really efficient enough. Like the, like actually automatic transmissions are efficient enough that over the life of the car, you'll make back the money that you would have saved by, Oh, buying wow. the cheaper variety. I did not know that. Yeah, so that's kind of interesting. Like automatic transmissions have gotten pretty uh, efficient, but but when it comes down to it, and and Zach, feel free to interrupt at any point. I know I'm talking a lot. No, I'm learning <laughs> a lot here. I find driving stick shift really fun because there's something to be said for the fact that you have more control over the vehicle, and so whereas in an automatic, how fast it goes depends on how hard you pre- like how far you push the pedal in a standard vehicle you how f- fast you accelerate um depends on which gear you put it into like you could if you put it into a certain gear you could push the pedal in all the way and you'll still be barely accelerating mm-hmm. or maybe even stall off the car like different things like that and so you have more control over it and for whatever reason it's just kind of hard to explain that can kind of make driving more fun there's something about the fact that like if you're needing to accelerate to pass someone, you have to move the stick, put the, you can literally put the pedal to the metal because like, that's kind of what you're supposed to do in a stick shift. You go past them as you're accelerating, you're moving the gears around. There's something about it engaging all four limbs of your body. Cause your left leg is pushing the clutch. Your right leg is doing like the braking gas, your left hand's on the steering wheel and your right hand is controlling the gears. There's just something about like your full body engagement of the vehicle that like, I don't know why it's just really satisfying. Let me, let me step in here and say, I know several people that have now or have in the past or do now drive a stick shift car. The car that they own and primarily drive is a manual transmission. Every single one of those people, and maybe you as an exception, that's what I want you to speak on right now. Every single one of those people that I I know in that situation swear that a manual transmission is way the hell better than automatic they love it so much it's such an integral part of their driving experience that if given the choice between you know if they could with no other factors contributing they would do a stick shift every time how do you feel Mm -hmm. about that i actually feel the same way yeah it something about driving it's more engaging and just like 
parts of driving that are kind of mundane in an automatic just you're engaged in doing more in a in a way that makes a drive more satisfying in a stick shift and so for me as i was so i drove a stick shift truck for anyone who didn't know uh for like six or seven years um and then as i was getting a new car i wasn't wanting to get a new car if you listen to a rant like three or four episodes ago (laughs) i wasn't necessarily looking to get a new car but i had a lot of repairs on that truck and was kind of forced to get a new car yeah to some extent, rest in peace. <laughs> rest in peace. Uh, to some extent, if it was if it fell in my lap, I would have gotten a, a standard transmission instead of an automatic. But for me, I am someone who actually views driving as such a functional thing that, to some extent, I was just kind of like, you know, if I can find a good deal on a car that's automatic, I'll go ahead and get that. If I can, if all other factors are removed. I will choose standard, but if it requires me delaying to get a different, like wait for something to get shipped in, like, or having to pay more money or anything, I'm not going to get a stick shift. Cause right. I, I, as much as I like it, I still am at a point right now. where just like financially and just logistically is like, I just want something that gets me from place to place and spend as little money as possible on that. Totally. But if much, if money wasn't a factor and it was easy for me to get a stick shift, I would choose to get one. One thing that always stood out to me about about driving stick shift is that you know, for better or worse, probably for much, 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 much better, is when you're driving a stick shift, you can't focus on anything else but driving. You can't be on your phone. You can't really be eating a fast food meal. You can't be like head in the clouds. You have to be fully engaged. Like you said, all four limbs are simultaneously working to drive this car. So mm-hmm. I've always thought that was kind of interesting. I don't know if I that would be that would be definitely you know right up there with physically performing the motions to actually drive the car. Not only being completely physically engaged, but being completely mentally engaged in the driving of the car for the entire duration of your trip would be one of the hardest things to adjust to for me personally. You know, it's kind of funny. So, yes, you're physically engaged. In my experience, the first week of driving something stick shift, like my a stick shift truck, was stressful. Like, the first week or two exactly. was pretty stressful because it yeah. was so, like, it required me to think a lot. The first month, like, like, let's say about a month after that, it wasn't stressful, but still required my mind to think a lot about what I was doing. Yeah. After about a month or two, maybe a month and a half of driving a stick shift car, it really didn't require... It required my body, obviously, to be physically engaged, but it no longer required my mind to be physically engaged in the sense that I could listen to a podcast or music or whatever and not be distracted by what I was doing or stressed out by it. But it was still physically engaging. To where, like, For me, I still had the opportunity to focus my mind on whatever I wanted that to be focused on, either listening to something, thinking about something... But you're right that, like, you can't, you can try to use your phone, maybe if you're on the highway, so you're in the same gear, but, like, it's pretty hard to. Um, But um, to some extent, I found that safer because I was thinking more about the act of driving, whereas now that I'm in an automatic, in in the past I've been in automatic, I almost get bored of the driving because it's so much of it is automated that it's easier for my mind to wander so much that I'm not paying attention to what's happening around me. Um, 
and there's something nice about like because you're having to focus some on the car even if your brain eventually kind of automates it enough that you like don't have to like focus really hard um there's something to be said for like that keeps you safely engaged in what's going on around you on the road that automatic the automatic is basically just go fast go slow turn left turn right like that's all you have to think about yeah there's a manual like you said i guess it i guess after a while it's maybe physically engaging but really your mind doesn't have to do anything mm-hmm. sounds like my ex-wife huh yuck 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 <laughs> okay <laughs> that's a good little tidbit there <laughs> thank you i think that's a good place to end yeah. i started off with the uh the prepared rant so i would like you to start off with your positive rant i would love to so zach you know you it crossed my mind that both you and some other things in my life have inspired me to take more of a focus on history well i'm so paul i i wish i would i would stop the recording right now if if i had no integrity and tell you how much that means to me <laughs> just so you would know how serious I was. Yeah, Thank you. Uh, of course. And so my, I want to focus on a certain figure from history today that I just found really fascinating. So most people have probably heard this name, but most people probably don't really know why they know this name or much about him. The name is Audie Murphy. Do you know who that is? Zach? Mm, I, I, I do know. Yes. So I'm excited for what you're going to say. Cause this dude is extraordinary. Yes. So, and Zach, feel free to either correct me. I have a few notes, but like if, if I get anything wrong, feel free to correct me if you have anything or chip in anything if you have anything to add. So I don't have anything memorized. I'm sure what you're going to say is, is if incorrect, going to completely slip by me. So don't, <laughs> okay. Don't stress about that. Uh, so he's one of the most decorated U.S. soldiers in military history. If I think he might be the most decorated. I think he might be number one on that list. Yeah. Uh, so he he's really fascinating. So he um, p- was it participating in World War II, and he came from like a really interesting family background where he was um, he was one of something like thirteen or fourteen kids. Like it's I don't know the exact number, but it's over ten. And <laughs> That's how they do in the his, early nineteen hundreds. His fa- family situation is like pretty rough. Like I think his dad left the family, and then his mom died the family like while he was like twelve or thirteen. So like it was a rough situation. And then like the attack on Pearl Harbor happened and he wanted to join the war, but he was only 17 at the time and you had to be 18 to join. And so he kept trying to like join different branches of the military. Like, I think he really wanted to be in, it's either the air force. No, he really wanted to be in the Marines, but he, they like denied him. Cause they're like, you're both like a tiny person. Like he's like, he's like five foot, like six or seven or so. Like he's very scrawny. Right. Um, and um, he was also underage, and they're like, no. He tried to join like maybe the Navy and the Air Force. They kept denying him because they're like, you legally can't join, and like you don't look like you'd be a good fit for battle. <laughs> and so finally, he tries to enlist for the Army, and he got his he falsified papers to say he was eight, a year older, eighteen, just so he could join. And he joined, and they even then they were like iffy on him. They're like, oh, like you look pretty small. I don't know if you're a good fit, but like, don't you think? Good. I feel like that happened so often. Some kid was like, "Yo, oh, I'm totally 18. Here are my papers, sir. I would love to serve my country." You could never do that shit today, or it really at any point after that. Yeah. <laughs> How easy it is to forge a birth certificate. <laughs> Apparently, really easy back then. Yeah. Um, 
And also, like, there probably wasn't as much of an electronic database to check things on. They just had to, like, take the paper at its word. Um, also, they may have not, they may have just straight up not cared. So, like, sure, one more, one more person to fight. All right, good, good enough for me. Yeah. So, he, like, joined the military, and just, like, some of the stories about his career are insane. Like, so he's earned several medals. Um, yeah, the most, more than anyone else in American history, Paul. We just said that. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, like, so... <laughs> so um, he got like something called the Distinguished Service Cross. It, the story is really interesting. He was like, they were fighting like the trenches in France, and like the some Germans acted like they were surrendering, and Audie's like best friend like was like eager to like stop fighting, so he like went up to go like accept the German surrender, but then they mowed down his friend, and Audie just got like, so angry that he stormed the like machine gun nest that shot down his friend and like pretended to surrender throwing like grenades and like killed them and then he went and picked up a mounted machine gun which has to weigh so much that's some master chief shit (laughs) like this sounds like the kind of stuff that like would happen in either a military movie or video game and people like wow this is so far-fetched like this would never happen he picked up a mounted machine gun and then went and cleared out several other like machine gun nests just like barging in full of rage over them killing his friend and clearing them out with a machine gun that's meant to be mounted because it's too heavy to carry but he carried it nonetheless it's a little like 17 year old kid yes it's it sounds like like a teenage boy's like dream of what going to war would be like and he was right he was literally a teenage boy and he lived it out successfully and then he also he has like a purple heart but then like most significantly he got the medal of honor for a situation where um, the Germans were like pushing, uh, and he, like the Americans were falling back, but then he like army crawled and like, was like trying to figure out how to like fight back the Germans. And he, so there was a, some, I think it was a tank destroyers, I think what the vehicle's called. And it was engulfed in flames because like, and so the Americans had like abandoned the vehicle cause it was engulfed in flames. And he noticed there was like a, a 50 caliber machine gun. And he's like, Hey, I think I could still use that. So he climbs into a vehicle, a tank destroyer that's on fire and he starts using the machine gun and he kills or wounds over 50 people in that. And like God. fighting back the germs. It's just like, like I think sometimes from movies and things, you don't think about it, but 50 people is a lot of people. And he did that on his own. If I killed 50 people in, battlefield one on the xbox that's a that's a shitload of people <laughs> and that and i would die like 10 times at least trying to get to that number yeah exactly and so he was doing that alone again like which means that there was well over 50 people rushing him while he was defending right. them on his own from this machine gun and so like he just he was like it's ridiculous to think how brave he was and just like how sometimes the mundaneness of my life in contrast to like some of the amazing men that like and women that like did defend this country it like it blows my mind sometimes and then totally yeah what's interesting so obviously he's really de- decorated in war but what's what's extra interesting about him is that he had an extensive film career as an actor yeah uh-huh. and, and so like he played in several movies um, like I think it's called the Red Badge of Courage is one of the big ones. It's that, a Civil War. It's a Civil movie. War movie. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yep. so he had written an autobiography about his life, and he played himself in a movie about World War II, telling his story. Like That's he incredible as an actor, he played himself. And there's just something incredible. I'll about, do it. See, 
<laughs> yeah, it's I'm a- the perfect fella for a gig like this. <laughs> That's exactly how we sounded, I'm sure. And so it, there's just something that blows my mind about like the humble beginnings to like the heroics in the war to then like um, the incredible like him becoming a well-known actor and like until in like the movie uh, where he played himself was like the highest grossing movie for decades until like Jaws came out I think was this um, do you remember the title of the movie is it that World War One film it is a World War Two film because it's about oh no because he played he played himself right yeah Never I'm mind. trying I think to think a different movie. Um, I have it I just pulled it up because I'm really curious um, it's called To Hell and Back okay never um, mind. It's, according to Wikipedia it says he was initially reluctant to appear as himself um, it came out in 1955 but I think that they were trying to get him to play himself and said it became the biggest hit in the history of Universal Studios at this time uh, and to my knowledge it was the biggest hit they had until Jaws came out which would have been I think the 80s so that's for like two decades like that's insane 70s for the Jaws that's probably 70s I have no idea I don't know whatever it <laughs> regardless matter. it's just I mean granted it's worth mentioning he suffered from very intense like PTSD and nightmares about the war and yeah. he, en- he ended up dying pretty young um, in a plane crash, which, side note, wow. I feel like people 50 years ago died in plane crashes all the time, and now, like, somehow... Disproportionately plane- famous people. Yes, it's really bizarre. Like, <laughs> if I would have been way more... Like, these days, you, like, make fun of people who are afraid of flying planes, but, like, back then, <laughs> like... <laughs> Like, honestly, enough people died in planes. It's like, wow, like, maybe we shouldn't fly in planes. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, really interesting guy. And it just, I heard his story at some point, and I just kept looking up more about it. And it's just, it's cool to me how many stories there are from history about people in war that sound too far-fetched to be real, but they are real nonetheless. And that was just really cool to me, and so I wanted to Definitely. share it with you all. I have I have a confession to make that I think now is a better time than any. Okay. When I was a kid, I was aware of the existence of Audie Murphy, vaguely. I was also aware, uh, so I was aware of his decorated military career. Yeah. I was also aware that he was an actor. Uh-huh. And I will say I was a kid at the time, uh, but his name, Audie Murphy, and his career as an actor made little Zach get pretty confused between him and a certain fella named Eddie Murphy. <laughs> uh, who I, I learned eventually were not the same man. <laughs> you got this uh, decorated a... war veteran in Dr. Doolittle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Eddie Murphy is the most decorated war hero in American history and also the star of Daddy Daycare. <laughs> So yeah, for for sure, a, a mistake on my part, but <laughs> that's that's reasonable. Let me just say that I'm very excited, uh, or I guess happy to hear that I did not decide to go with my my second option for a positive rant today, which was also a historical figure. So I'll give that one a couple weeks. It's I'll sit on my hands on that one. <laughs> um, by the way. Check out our Twitter at Not All Bad Show on Twitter, and I will post a link to Audie Murphy's Wikipedia page. And who knows, maybe even Eddie Murphy's Wikipedia page. You can compare <laughs> and contrast. Yeah. Um, in all seriousness, the the Twitter is – if you like the show, the Twitter is absolutely worth a follow because, like, the, the Twitter really isn't just about us 
being funny or even necessarily promoting the show, a big part of it is some supplemental material to things we talk about. So like a big one right now that we've had a recurring one is like when Zach complained about Snapchat, we've now posted some examples of the awful news that appears on Snapchat. Just Um, the garbage, the cesspool that it is. (laughs) Yes. And moving forward, if we talk about uh, something interesting or something we complain about or something funny, we're going to try to supplement that with um, some examples on Twitter. So like if, if you want to know more about things or you want to uh, discuss with the other handful of fans, those things, the comments of our Twitter could be a really great place to do that. Yeah, for sure. And we'll share, we'll share the things that we discuss here on the show that we have to do our own research for. So you can learn along with us. We'd be happy to do that. And we'd hope that you take a look at that as well. Uh, I, I, will take a step back here and I will add no educational value to my positive rant. <laughs> First of all, let me say that I think uh stick shift manual transmission for the random rant, I guess I never really, maybe I did and I'm just backtracking here and retconning where I shouldn't, but uh, it's possible that I never specified that the random rant has to be negative and it certainly wasn't today. So I guess we're kind of flipping the script a little bit. <laughs> And having two negatives and three positives rather than vice versa. But uh, we're running long here, which is pretty typical, so I'll keep mine fairly short. I am currently obsessed with weddings. I've determined that I'm a huge wedding guy. I've been to a lot of weddings as a kid for parents, friends, and stuff like that. And they were always just horrible experiences. There's nothing to enjoy about a wedding as a child. You have to dress up in a bunch of uncomfortable clothes and sit with a bunch of people you don't know and or don't like and they are way older than you and watch a couple of gross people kiss and (laughs) eat food that isn't great uh, because it's not chicken strips and french fries and stay up late and you're tired and you're cranky and it just sucks. But a year or two ago... I got invited to my first wedding as an adult. And I will say, most importantly, uh, a wedding for my friend, someone I knew personally, and, and, and more importantly than that, a wedding. Uh, I was invited to the wedding at an age where I was able to consume alcohol. Oh. And this is a game changer, right? And since then, I've been to several weddings. Uh, this topic should come as a surprise to no one. Uh, at least a significant portion of our audience should not be surprised by this because I just went to a wedding with all of them two <laughs> weekends ago and had an incredible time. Obviously it's, it's super fun, but it just cemented in my idea how much I love being invited to weddings. And I love, so I've in my old age, I've completely flipped the script. I am all about the food. Now it's free. The cost of entry is free. All right. You should, you should get a gift. Okay. Um, as an adult, but again, that's not really, that's a small price to pay for the entertainment value that you get. You go, you show up, the food is great. It's for free. You have to sit through some stuff, which, um, if you don't know the people, it might be pretty boring, but since you typically at this age now know the people getting married, at least one of them, then it's not so boring, right? It's kind of sentimental. It's cute. It's fun. It's, it, it makes you feel good. It's sentimental. Food's great. Usually the company is great. If you don't know a lot of people, you can find somebody to have fun with. Drinks, again, plenty of drinks. <laughs> that is always a plus. 
Um, and then you could just like dance your ass off. I am a huge fan of dancing. This is also another thing that wasn't revealed to me clearly until fairly recently, recently in my life. I'm a huge dancer now. I love to dance. If I go to a wedding and it doesn't matter if I haven't had a drink if, or if I've had 20, my ass is out on the dance floor at the end of the night and I will be sore the next day. I'm, I'm a dancing fiend. I'm terrible at it, but I love it. And I just love love in general. I just I love seeing other people happy, um, seeing other people make making their day special by my glorious and generous presence. Weddings are just a great time. I really don't have much more to say on the topic other than if I'm invited to a wedding, I am going to go and I'm going to have the time of my life. And I it's just all around. I mean, not even for the selfish reasons like I like the food and the beer and, and the dancing, but just. <laughs> Seeing other people happy is just so gratifying and such a fun time. I, I love it. I love all of it. I love every second of it. Mm-hmm. Sounds so stressful to plan one to get married yourself, but to go and just hang out and eat, great. You know, there's something to be said about, especially if you know the person or people getting married pretty well. Like, there's something fun about, like, especially as you get older, it's an excuse to see a larger group of people that you don't see that often. Um, which is fun. Totally. That's like one of the best parts for me. Yeah. And it's like, maybe even the best part. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. Like, it's cool that at weddings, it's like the groups of friends of people who are close to the bride and and or groom, like are all there and like having a good time together. And like, especially if you're part of that group, like that's really fun. And then like, if, if your connection is less being friends and more directly being like family, it's also cool that like, as you get older, like you realize how complicated it is for like families to see, like extended families to see each other, especially if they live long further away. And like, it's, yeah, for sure. There's like something cool about like being able to see extended family, and that's all good fun. And I agree that like, you know, I don't. Outside of weddings, I don't dance that much. Like, <laughs> it's well, like yeah, I mean, I don't I'm, either. I'm not of really weddings. into like clubbing. Like, it's fun to go and drink, but like. there's a lot of circumstances that have to line up pretty perfectly for me to want to go out and dance. I totally agree. Yes. But there's something about weddings that it's like, I don't really care how good or not good I am. I don't really care. Like whether people are watching because everyone's just there to have a good time. It's like, it's like a celebration. So like, there's something fun about dancing at weddings specifically. I don't really even know what it is, but it's fun. So I agree. Yeah, I mean, I, a lot of it has to do with the fact that a majority of other people out on the dance floor are drunk too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the people that aren't out on the dance floor probably aren't paying attention. Mm-hmm. And you always had the excuse of like, yeah, I've been drinking. Who cares what people think? So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, weddings are pretty great. And you're right that the food is fun. And I, I personally got to go to a lot of them as a kid because my dad is a pastor and so like right. he does a lot of weddings and so i found myself at them a lot and so that for me it always blows my mind when you meet people who are adults who either haven't been to weddings or if maybe only been to one ever there's nothing wrong with that but just my experience having been to so many like like at least a few a year since being a kid just because my dad did them all the time and still does a lot um and so like i get that but they're they're just kind of fun as a kid they can be boring but like as you get older especially if you know the people if you don't know the people as well it can i could see how it could be a drag definitely yeah but yeah it's a good time speaking of good times the fun doesn't have to stop here you can visit 
at Not All Bad Show on Twitter, like we discussed, where the conversation continues. Or if you'd like a, your own little hand in the magic, we welcome you to send a random rant idea to uh, Not All Bad Show at gmail.com. Random rant idea is a subject line. Put your idea in the body text, and we'll eventually add that to the list and, and, and say your idea on the show. Also, please, ratings and reviews on iTunes. Feel free to do what ABH did. Leave a scathing review, but a great rating. That works for us. Five stars <laughs> all the way. I'm happy with that. I don't mind that at oh, all. Oh, for sure. And you know, what we're really looking for is to you guys, for you guys to make this so popular that you can then be the ones trashing it the most once there's thousands and thousands of listeners that you can hate on it for being popular and act like we've changed and act like people who like it just have horrible taste. We would love that, but just please make it popular before you do that. That is a goal. That is an absolutely a goal. And I will say the fame will change me. I will change. <laughs> I can make that prediction right now. Pretty. We will, we will specifically follow what the new fans want and not what any of you original fans want. Cause you guys will build us and then we will break you. <laughs> Whoa. By, like break your spirit. <laughs> is what I meant by that. Not anything like horribly nefarious or violent, but still kind of a bummer. We're going to break your spirit by loving new fans way more than we love you. Okay. If Paul says it, it must be true. So I'm on board <laughs> again. Thanks for listening. So good to have you. Uh, people have been reaching out to Paul and I throughout the week, uh, the past two weeks since we released that released the last episode. It's always great to see. And it means a lot to us on that note. I'm Zach Andrews, and this is um, – um, whoa, whoa, oh, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. You're just trying to steal all my lines there, I jumped Zach. back to episodes um, one Hey, everyone. Four. If you didn't know, this is uh, Paul, the other host. Uh, yeah, and uh, Zach was trying to act like he's both hosts, and I don't really appreciate that. But this is Paul Messman. Again, you heard this is Paul Messman. I was so dedicated to – I was on a roll there, frankly, with, with ending the show on a, as smooth as it's ever been. Uh, I've been really trying to make my transitions and my endings silky smooth. And in doing so, I just powered through your part. And I must apologize for that. And, and, and in making that mistake, I have made this the choppiest and easily the worst outro we've ever had. So I can wear that red badge of courage on me as we wrap this episode up. Oh, oh. yeah. It's a nice little reference yeah uh i i i would say yeah just wear that red bear to courage i have i we need to end the show i have nothing more to I'm say i'm zach andrews <laughs> this is Paul. and this has been not all bad i guess in the theme of weddings dance like nobody's watching and uh in the theme of this podcast rant like nobody's listening <laughs> i really like that yeah, we got a new catchphrase I think I'm going to put that at the end of the episode, just the very end.